there, this is Tiff and welcome to the Tiffany Micah podcast. What we do here is we solve your problems so that you're out there working on achieving your big dreams and big goals. So when you listen to these episodes, if you can do me a favor, take a screenshot of the episode that you're actually listening to, share it on social media and share it with your friends with hashtag potential with tip so that i can give you a shout out and really thank you for listening because i'd really appreciate it hey there this is tiff from tiffany micah podcast and welcome to today's episode you know when you lose a match or a competition how does it make you feel you feel like crap don't you you can feel down you feel sad you feel depressed you could even feel devastated And I know every time that I played tennis when I was pursuing my professional tennis career and and I lost, that's exactly how I felt. I felt devastated. I felt depressed. I felt down. I felt sad. Even playing, you know, when I was playing at high school and I was playing hockey or I was rowing or I was playing uh, softball or soccer, if we lost, I, I did. I took it. I took it hard. And I'd feel down and sad and depressed. Tennis, however, it was always devastation because that was the thing that I, I loved. And when that would occur, when I played tennis especially, I thought I was a loser, like a big loser. And there's nothing worse, and you may experience this yourself, but there's nothing worse when your peers, your parents, your coach says, how did you lose to her? It makes you feel so small. And I would feel incredibly small when I would lose to someone that I shouldn't have lost to. And at times my confidence was so shaken from a previous tournament that I hadn't even started the next tournament or the next competition and I'd already be fearful and I'd already be terrified of losing. And there was three reasons that that would come about. And one was because I didn't want to lose. Nothing worse, is it? Nothing worse than losing. Number two was I didn't want to look like a failure. So I didn't want to look like I failed. I didn't want other people to see that I had failed. So nothing worse for myself is losing, but then other people see that I've lost. Oh, it was a huge blow. And number three, I didn't want to feel like a failure. So I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to look like a failure and I didn't want to feel like a failure. And little did I know at the time that the most important thing for me to learn was actually to learn why I was losing. And this is why I'm, I'm talking about this with you today. Because in this anti-bloodline code, if you're seeing failure as devastating, I'm going to be really harsh here with you because I need you to understand this. But I need you to be aware of this because if you're seeing failure as devastating, it's going to hold you back. It held me back. It was one of the main reasons that it held me back. Not not the number one reason, but one of the main reasons that held me back from really achieving what I wanted to achieve with my tennis career. And I want to ensure that this is not happening for you. So the, the reason that I say that I was um, I saw failure as devastating was 
and the reason that I want to share with you why I, I saw that is one, I was never aware and it never kicked me into action. So the thing is, is here, why I'm talking about this anti-bloodline code with you today and, and seeing failure as devastating, I want to, one, make sure that you are aware of actually, you know, what's going on. And two is to kick you. I want to give you a kick in the butt and kick you into action so that you're actually out there not seeing failure as devastating. I want you to embrace failure, right, versus fearing failure. So how do we embrace failure? Like, oh, yeah, Tiff, okay. You're talking to me about embracing failure, and I see, you know, as if I lose a match, it's just so devastating. It doesn't have to be that way. So embracing failure is really, I look at failure as feedback, okay? It's just something that is not working or it hasn't been working well. And one of the mums from the soccer team that my niece's soccer team, so there was two girls, my niece was one of the girls in the team and the rest were boys and I had taken over a co-coaching role halfway through the season, the soccer season. So the soccer season's just finished now. But I had taken on the uh, the role because the the other coach he couldn't always make it, so we we're co coaching. Now these I was went there and watched the kids play for for the Saturday and the Sunday. They had two matches drawn on the day, and I just stepped into the role. So I hadn't done any coaching with them or anything. So the first day I was like, oh, please don't, please don't lose. Right, that was in my head. Please don't lose just get them over the line. So what I did was I positioned them because there were some areas in which they weren't doing so well at. So I positioned them, their defense wasn't that great. So I positioned them in a way where they weren't as vulnerable as what they had been so that we could get, I could get them over the line. So that worked really well. So they did get over the line. Okay. So that was a strategy, right? And it wasn't that I didn't want them to lose. It was more about my ego at at the time. Okay. But the second day, the second match that they played, they did lose. They lost 4-3. So it was only a a small loss, but they lost. And their little faces, oh, they look so sad. And I said to them that that very first time I actually got to speak with all the kids, I said, look, a loss doesn't mean that you're a loser. A loss just means that we've got some areas in which we need to improve on. That's all it is. It just means that the other team played better today. We had some areas in the sense of that we need to improve. So that's what we're going to be start working on. We're going to work on those improvements. And this mum actually came up and said to me, and she also said to my to my mum as well, that she was really impressed that I said to the kids, look, you're not losers because they're not. We've got to learn from this. Okay, it's a loss. It's just feedback. How can we how can we improve on that? And we, you know, the kids made it to the final and they, you know, at the beginning of the, the soccer season, they never even looked like making it, you know, in the top four, let alone probably, you know, they were looking at the kids will probably be at the bottom of the ladder, but slowly, slowly throughout the, the time they were creeping up, it was, it was incredible to watch. It was incredible to watch the game come together. But the point I want to make for you here is that failure is just really feedback to something that is not working or hasn't been working very well. 
So what we need to do is we need to learn from what is not working and then devising strategies to overcome what's not working, right? We've got to devise these strategies. Once we've got these strategies, then we can put ourselves into a position to win. But if you keep making the same mistakes over and over again, you keep losing and then you're devastated by that, there's something that's not working, okay? That's what we need to look at, what's not working. So what we're going to do here is to create a system of improvement and how we'll do that is I'm going to share with you a five-step system through the bloodline code, embracing failure as feedback. Now, I had uh, recorded this not so long ago with the bloodline code, embracing failure as feedback. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to put, um, uh, following this episode here, is just the steps. I'm not going to put the whole episode about embracing feedback there because I think you get what I'm talking about, but I want you to have that five-step system in place so that you are taking action, not feeling like a failure, and you're moving forward, okay? So you need to make sure you get your notebook out ready. I want you to take notes, and remember what I keep talking about in these episodes is unless you're actually doing it, doing what I'm sharing with you, doing what I'm teaching you, there'll, there'll be no changes happening. We need to make the change so that you're really achieving your big your big sports goals. Okay, it's got it. You got to do it. Now, before I show, share these five step system, if you haven't yet downloaded the number one deadly mistake athletes make, make sure that you go to my site, tiffany-mica.com. It is as soon as you land on the site, you will see the number one deadly mistake that athletes make. Make sure that you go and download that and so that you are not making that, that mistake. And I'll share with you how do you how you work through that as well. And don't go anywhere now. I want you to listen to that five-step system with the bloodline code embracing failure feedback. And once you've taken your notes and you've got an action step in place of how you're going to apply those, I want you to reach out to me at Tiffany, uh, my email address, tiffany at tiffany-mica.com and share with me what's going on. Okay. I look forward to hearing from you. So don't go anywhere. Make sure you're listening to this episode. And like I said, I talk about this a lot in in episodes about my tennis career, my short-lived tennis career, because I don't want you to be going through what I went through. This is the whole idea of why I created the podcast. This is the whole idea of why I've written the book that I've written. Because I don't want you to feel like a loser like I did. I don't want you to feel like a failure like I did. I don't want you to feel like you're not good enough like I did. I don't want you to feel like people were making fun of you behind your back like I had. I don't want you to feel like, you know, when people come up to you and ask you questions, how did you lose to that person? What went on there? Gee, you must be pretty hopeless if you lost to her. And... I look at it and I look back and I go, oh, God, I wish I had someone who said, you're right, you know what, Tiff, let's have a look at your match today and let's, have, let's look at these two simple questions. Oh, do you know what these two simple questions are? 
what worked and what didn't work. Very simple questions. And I've talked about that in Strive for Mastery. If you heard the um, previous episode, we looked at when we evaluate what worked, what didn't. Wow, could you imagine the excitement of someone saying, hey, all right, so what you lost? It's all part of the learning experience. Okay, what could we what what could we work learn from this? How exciting would that be? Oh, okay, great. Okay, all right. I didn't do this, this, and this well, but I did this, this, and this really great. And then and then you go off, and then you start working on all these things that you need to be working on, and continue to improve the things that did work to prepare for your next tournament. Now, that's way more exciting, isn't it? Of course it is. But what if you didn't have someone to say that to you? And most likely you don't. But you know what? That's okay. That's why I'm here. I'm here to prompt you. I'm here for you to think about it. I'm here to help you. Because like I said, I don't want you to go through what I went through. So you can do plenty of things here to get feedback where to improve, but but before we actually do that, I want to go over this bloodline code. Yeah, we're doing another bloodline code, embracing failure as feedback. So what do I mean when we embrace failure as feedback? Okay, so what I mean here is when you lose, it is not failure. It is a result of your current performance. You ruthlessly decipher where you failed, okay? So you go back and you evaluate. You distinguish between your current reality and your ultimate performance. And you plot your strategy to advance you forward, never choking on your future performances. So when you're embracing failure as feedback, that's what you're going to do. So what are the main points? Because I want you to be thinking about what are the main points out of embracing failure as feedback? One, the result of your current performance. You've got to look at it. Number two, you've got to decipher what didn't work. We also look at what did work, but I want you to decipher what didn't work. Number three, I want you to compare to where you are now to where you want to be. And number four, I want you to plot your strategy. So what can we do? How can we do this, get this feedback thing in place? Because in the bloodline code, I talked about striving for mastery. And we talked about how you could track or measure what you're doing. Didn't I? I I talked about that. So there's things here in what we can actually do in order to do that, to evaluate, okay? So what I want you to do here is I want you to get your notebook out and I want you to get ready to listen to what I have to say here, okay? Because we need to make sure that how are we going to do this? How are we going to embrace failure as feedback, okay? So that's all we're going to do. So let's look at, uh, I've got a couple of sports here that we could look at, but I want you to be thinking about your sport because I may not mention the sport that you're actually doing, but I'll mention some things here that that could help you just to get you to start thinking, 
It's all about tracking and measuring what you're doing. Much deeper level than what actually went on in the Strive for Mastery because the Strive for Mastery was more about what you need to do to craft the skills to, to get them to that form of excellence. This is things in what you could do when you're actually out competing. Now, when you're playing tennis, because I'm going to use tennis here as an, one of the examples, but when you're playing tennis, it's a bit difficult for, you, for yourself to track what's going on. Maybe what you could do is someone that you trust, you could actually get them to track your performance on specific shots or skills, um, how you operate. You could maybe make some notes when you're changing ends about uh, what your emotional state is like when when you're performing and so on because those are quite interesting also to look back at. So I want you to be thinking about that kind of thing. But you could get someone to track, you know, like what you see on the TV when you're watching the tennis or when you're watching the professionals play and you see their percentage of serves in and out. So what you could do here is you could get someone, like I said, to track it for you. And you could have a little box set up and you could have first serves that, that have gone in and first serves that have gone out, second serves that have gone in, second serves that have gone out, the amount of double faults that you've had in the match, forehand winners, backhand winners, net winners. Um, you could even get your um, a person, another person or the same person to actually track your opponent as well at the same time. So if you've won against that person you could identify between the two of you well what was your what what were you better at what were they not so good at and also vice versa when you've lost to someone you could go oh well they're you know they're high percent they had a much higher um service percentage uh they made more forehand and backhand winners or they made more net winners and so on you could really decipher what's going on there okay uh now let's look at golf some simple things like how many fairway shots you've had off the tee Oh, how many greens you've had in regulation, how many putts you've had on in the round, so you track each putt as you go, um, how many shots it's taken you from the tee to the green or how many clean shots you've had. Easier for golfers because they can track as they go, much harder for tennis, so that's why it would be good if you are a tennis player to get someone to do it for you. Same with soccer. Soccer would be very difficult to track for yourself, but you could get someone to do that for you. It's like how many times, um, how many passes you made, uh, how many tackles you made, how many times you, you broke away with the ball, or how many times your feet, feet actually got to touch the ball throughout the game, how many shots you had at goal. You know, you could be looking at things like that. Uh, swimming could be how many strokes for... Uh, 50 meters if you've got a 50 meter race or a 100 meter race or whatever how many strokes you've actually taken and you could monitor that too and, and write down the time and go okay it's taken me so many strokes to get to for the 50 meters what if I had less strokes with that uh, less strokes and be more efficient would would that work and increase my time or would it decrease my time? You could be then looking at that to evaluate. Uh, you could also be looking at um, what your speed is like for your first 20 metres of your race and what your speed's like in the last 20. There's just some things that you could be thinking about. But if you actually started tracking, and, you know, I get so many people to, to track their game. I've got a really simple tracking sheet set up that people can do but you know most people don't do that because and then they just oh well I played bad today well actually no if you tracked what you're doing you could actually identify what was going on here so 
if you if you track these things, remember I said in striving for mastery, it's the attention to detail, isn't it? So if you track some of these things, guess what? You're getting feedback. You're getting feedback. It's it's really exciting. I know when I started tracking everything that I was doing, especially in golf, I didn't do it in tennis. I wish I had known that. But in, when I started tracking things that I was doing in golf, I was like, oh, great, okay, I need to improve this area here and I need to make sure I'm doing this here. How amazing is that once you discover what's going on there? So if these were being done throughout your games, wow, the amount of data that comes up for you. Because what actually happens when you actually look at the numbers, because numbers don't lie, it actually gives you a really clear picture of where you're at right now, okay, reality, but it gives you that really clear picture. So you want to... Um, make sure that you can set goals for them as well. So not only, um, I mean, the first the first few times when you're actually doing it, it's going to be really new to you and, and so on or someone that's tracking it for you. But what you could do is, uh, you know, you could do it for a few weeks and so on, get to, get an idea and, and see what, what's going on. And then you could actually set goals for your tracking as well. So when you're actually setting goals on tracking what's actually going on, what you're, you're really looking at, you're focusing on improving specific areas in your game. And when you do that, you know what, this is the magic and this is what most people don't do, but this is what you're going to do. When you actually do that, the score actually takes care of itself. It's quite amazing because what actually it does, it teaches you to stay in the moment. It teaches you to focus on specific things that you need to be focusing on. And I've done that many times, like I've said, with especially with golf. And when I, when I get a really keen golfer that's really keen to do this, they can see the, the difference. It's quite remarkable. It's quite remarkable actually what happens. And what happens is that if we look at it from a, I'm going to give you an example like from a golf point of view, is when we look at uh, a golf client that I've had that has actually done this and tracked everything because what happens is when the hand, handicap comes down, it does get harder to perform. And we only, you know, you only see the top players that are actually playing, but there's a lot of players out there playing golf who would love to improve their performance level. And if you're a junior golfer, you should be doing this as well. But you want to be focusing on the process, which is tracking these things. Because what actually happens is a lot of people in golf, a lot of people in soccer, my niece's soccer team do this as well, and the parents do this in the soccer team. They all just focus on what the result is. They actually don't focus on uh, what the process is in order to create the result. And then what happens is because when they focus on the result, they're in a mad panic. And that actually happened on the weekend. Um, what actually happened on the weekend when my niece's soccer team was playing, there was one of the players who didn't show up. He couldn't get there. His parents couldn't get him there, and he was a key player in the team. And the parents were, like, beside themselves because all they were worried about was the score. And I said, and I'm a co-coach, so I'm not the actual coach, so I'm just supporting the other coach, and when he's not there, I just take over. But I said, like, this is really good for the kids because it's teaching them to step up and focus on their skills and improving their skills. It's not about the score. 
It really isn't. The score will take care of itself if we focus on the the improvement of the players. Okay, so if you focus on the improvement of, of yourself. So when you track what's actually going on, this is the magic. The result actually improves. Okay, it really does. So this is what I'm going to get you to do. We've got five points here. That's why you need your notebook ready, okay? So number one, what I want you to do is identify what areas or what skills in your sport you can track. So I've explained how to do that. So if you can't remember, just go back through the episode here, uh, beginning of the episode, and I'll share with you how to do that. Number two, create a table that is really easy to use, right, so that you can do your tracking. Number three, then you track those specific areas and skills. You don't have to track absolutely everything. Just focus on like, you know, maybe three, four or five skills or something like that, something specific that's really going to help you, okay? Then number four, analyze the results. So actually have a look. Okay, what's going on here? Then you just repeat the process. Now, you could actually do that. I always suggest when I do it with golfers is do it for six weeks. If you did that for the next six weeks, have a look and see what comes up for you after six weeks. You'll have some really interesting data because when you get that data, then you know what you need to be working on to improve. And it's like like I said, when we're embracing failure as feedback it's all it's really to help you to get to where you want to go okay really really simple things so these five points again one identify what areas or skills in your sport you can track two create a table that's really easy to track number three track those specific skills and areas number four analyze the results and number five repeat the process so i really hope you enjoyed today's episode i hope you got a lot of value out of it And I would love to see what results you come up with with regards to putting these together. Um, So if you'd love to share it with me, reach out to me at tiff at tiffany-mica.com. Just send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. And guess what? I want you to dream big, believe in you, and go after your dreams. Have an absolutely awesome day. Take care. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have any questions about the frustrations that you're actually going through right now, come over and visit my site, tiffany-mika.com, and you will see on the homepage I've set up Ask Tiff. Now, what Ask Tiff is, is this is where you can ask me a question and I will record an episode for you on how to solve that frustration or those frustrations you're actually going through so that we can get the problem solved for you so that you're actually out there achieving your big dreams and goals. So if you want me to mention your name in the episode, happy to do so. If you don't, I can keep it anonymous. It's fine by me. But make sure you go over and and go to the Ask Tiff on the homepage of my website. If you've just got 30 seconds to spare, I'd also appreciate if you could leave a five-star review wherever you hear these episodes. And remember, take a screenshot, add the hashtag potentialwithtiff so that I can give you a shout-out for sharing these episodes on social media. I'd really appreciate it. And remember this, always, always, always dream big, believe in you, and go after your dreams.